you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. you let heaven hear your shout right now. Come on, put your hands together and lift up your voice and let heaven hear you tonight. We believe anything can happen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. We're so very honored tonight to have Brother and Sister Mitchell with us. Longtime friends, he reminded me that it has been about three years since he has been here with us, and that's far too long. But we are honored tonight to have Brother Marvin Mitchell and Sister Anissa Mitchell and Sloan and Valen. These are wonderful friends of ours, longtime friends of ours. And I, and I do have to tell you that parenting through the years, um, when my kids were younger, Marvin was always on the campgrounds, and he was always such a standout young man on the campgrounds. Uh, And I would often say to Annette and she to me that when our kids grow up, we just hope they turn out like the Mitchell boys. Well, like Marvin. Uh, Ryan's not here to defend himself, so I won't say anything about that. And so we're still working on that. We're still working on that. We have always respected this family very, very much and their ministry. They pastored in Columbus, Indiana for a great deal of time, built a marvelous building there. And the Lord has taken him. He is blessing the kingdom of God in ways that I do not even have time to explain to you the impact and the miracles that God is doing through his ministry. And it's a great honor tonight to bring him to this pulpit to open his heart in the Word of God. CLC, would you make Brother Marvin Mitchell feel very welcome as he comes to preach to us. Somebody make a joyful noise unto the Lord. When the king walks into a room, we recognize his presence. And the presence of the Lord is in this place right now. And when he shows up, we should show out a bit. So can you, in the best of your ability, with whatever strength you have in your body and your oxygen in your lungs and strength in your arms right now, would you make a joyful noise unto the Lord? For he is worthy. He is worthy. 
of all praise and glory. We've had a praise service, but can we worship the Lord right now? Move your praise into a state of worship and adoration. Would you love the Lord right now? Thank you, God, for being here in this place. We are but humble servants in your kingdom, but what an honor and a privilege it is to be with you and your people in this time and in your presence, Lord. Hallelujah. Do you feel faith in this room tonight? I know it's a Sunday night, and all you men that were at men's conference have had so much church, so much word, and then we've had a cold spell, and we've had a, a sick spell, and we've got a lot of spells going on. But I wonder if we can just allow the word of the Lord to cast out all other imaginations. Can we sip the wheat for a moment here and allow the spirit of the Lord to do a miraculous work? Did anybody come into this service tonight saying, I want everything God has for me and my family. I want everything God has for me for this church. I want new and fresh anointing so that we can go out into this, into this community with a testimony. Because we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb, but also the word of our testimony. Jesus' name, it's great to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Jordan, Sister Jordan. I should call her Pastor Sister Jordan. You technically have two pastors here. You're blessed and highly favored, and you're also blessed and highly flavored by the Lytles who are backsliding tonight, ministering supposedly somewhere else. There's favor and there's flavor, and we hope that both are of the Lord. And to this ministry team, I give honor to this worship team. My brother, I love you. And to everybody who is serving in any capacity in ministry and servant leadership in this church, you are indispensable to the kingdom. This church is not the church that God envisioned without you and your leadership and your sacrifice. And it's only just beginning. I believe that the latter days are going to be greater than our former days. I believe this is just foundational for what the Lord wants us to build upon. I believe God has a vision for hundreds, if not thousands of souls to be saved by the grace and mercy of God. And when he gives you a testimony, when he does a miracle in your life, it's not just for you. It's so that you can share the goodness and mercy of God with somebody who has not met your Lord and Savior. It's great to have my family with me. So proud of Sloan and Valen. We don't get to, we travel a lot out of state, so they don't always get to be with us in church. And I'm excited to see what God is doing in their lives. And my girlfriend, she's my, she's uh, my better half, a partner in crime, a partner in ministry. She's, she's everything but the great I am. And I appreciate her being with me here tonight and enduring me. Luke 6 and 46, I didn't give this to the media team. God spoke this into my spirit as I was standing there just a moment ago. I want to start here. It says, and why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Why do we call him Lord? 
And then when he speaks, when he guides, when he directs, or if he corrects, we say, no, God, I don't want to hear the Lord's voice if that's what you have to say. I don't know if there's anybody else in this room, but there have been times when I wanted a 30-day exchange on the word that God gave me. Have you ever gone back to God, gone back to an altar, back to the same prayer and said, Lord, I think uh, you were mistaken because I don't like that word. I don't like what you have revealed to me. I want a different word. Perhaps I want the word you gave Pastor Jordan, or perhaps uh, you can give me the word of somebody who's two pews over and four seats back. I like the word that you gave them. And then God comes back and as if he's Lord and like as if he's God and says, do you trust me? Do you believe that my word is perfect? Do you believe that I've never made a mistake? Do you believe that I am infallible? That if I've spoken a word, if I've prophesied a word, if you've heard a word of faith, if you'd heard revelation out of the holy writ, do you believe that it was intended, it was perfect, it was formed, it was shaped just for you? I've come to preach into your spirits tonight that God has spoken word into your life. He has prophesied things over this church. And there have been things, there have been circumstances, there have been personal attacks upon your mind, your body, or your spirit that have caused the enemy to sneak in and become a doubting thing inside of you. But I rebuke the spirit of doubt from this place, and I rebuke the hindrance of the mind or the body or the spirit. And I preach to you that God's word is perfect. And if he has spoken to you, it will be revealed in time. It's hard to hear the voice of God when you've already decided what you want him to say. So with holy hands that are not holy of their own accord, but they're blood washed and their mercy covered hands. You lay down every distraction and every hindrance and lift up that hand that didn't have to be nail scarred because his were, because his blood shed over these hands, over this flesh, that I have the ability to lift them to a God I'm not even deserving to know his name, much less feel his presence in this place, and yet he meets us here. Right now, I hear, I feel your presence in this place all around me, Lord. I feel your spirit stirring within me, Lord. I feel anointing and faith in this place. And as we lift up hands to you, as we reach to the heavens and surrender our will to yours, Lord, I pray this prayer, not my will, but thine be done. Speak your word, and by faith I will receive your word. Would you pray that right now, Lord? Speak. Speak, Lord. Prepare the vessel to receive the word of the Lord. God, we will not take this word and cast it upon the rocks for the crows to come by, pick up and scatter. There will be no confusion in this place. When you move here in a few moments and we respond to your word, there will be clarity. There will be a directive, Lord. There will be faith and there will be steps of faith that will take us into the miraculous provision of God. And I believe that Jesus is here with an intentional purpose. Because there's no coincidence with Christ. And you didn't stumble into this moment. You're here on purpose. If you believe that, would you say amen? You may be seated. I want to preach this 
the best of my ability. I've never preached this word before. The Lord woke me up Wednesday morning and planted this seed like a fire inside of me. And I believe it's for us tonight. If you believe that, would you say amen? I want to preach this word to you tonight, and I'm not going to preach very long, so please stay on the edge of your seats. I'm going to remain standing. This works out better that way. Because you say so, Lord. Because you say so. Romans 4 and 20, as we start here in this text, Paul is referring to Abraham. He says that in verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong, everybody say, in faith, giving glory to God, verse 21, and being fully persuaded that he had promised. What he had promised, he was also able to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Paul introduces us to this concept of imputed righteousness. What's that mean? Imputed basically means it was not earned. It wasn't deserved. It couldn't have been achieved by our own measure. It doesn't make sense. But it is reckoned or it is just so. Imputed means that God has justified us and it just is because he says so. In the south, they'd just say, well, I reckon. Well, I just reckon the Lord loves me. Thank God he loves me just the way I am, but he loves me too much to leave me this way and that he has a promise for me and for my children and for my children's children, even as many as the Lord our God should call, and he's got a pretty big mouth. I can't earn this justification, but by God's own words, we are justified simply by our faith. Not because our faith in our Savior should be enough to justify his immeasurable sacrifice, but because he said by our faith we can be saved. The just shall live by faith. He justified you simply because of your belief that he could. In spite of our past, he saw his promise for our future. This faith is the foundation of God's covenant. As you have faith in him, he has faith in you to finish the race that is set before you. This is an amazing relationship that we are in, church as the bride of Christ and as of individual believers, that when you put your faith in God, he in turn puts his faith in you because he has a promise for you. He has a destiny and a purpose for you. He has a high calling for you. Did you know that God believes in you 
even more than you believe in him. Did you know that God is trusting in the fact that the same faith that allowed you, the desperate faith to say, okay, God, I trust in your ways and not my own ways. It's in that moment of faith when he looks down at you and he doesn't look at the sin and he doesn't look at the the things that this world may judge and he doesn't shape you by the identity and the voices and the things that you might see in the mirror. The scars no longer matter because what he sees is a destined soul. What he sees is a whole and healthy disciple. What he sees is a work in the spirit that cannot be explained in the flesh but he sees you and you are great and you are wonderful. You are made in his own image. I'm speaking to somebody right now that the voice of the enemy, the emotional attack, the torment has caused you to be afraid of who you are or what you might become. And there have been dark things that have been spoken into your spirit. Sometimes the enemy will come in and cause confusion in your spirit. But I'm preaching into your spirit today. Can you see yourself the way Jesus sees you, the author and the finisher of your faith? Because he sees greatness in you. He sees anointing flowing through you. He sees the spirit that he has poured out upon you. That it might flow through you. That it might spill out onto a lost and dying world. Some of you in this place have been struggling with even suicidal thoughts and dark things that have come into your mind and the anxiety and the weariness upon this generation. Oh, how great it is to see these young people up here around this altar. Come on, y'all. That's the church of tomorrow. But if you think the enemy's going to lay down and just let you have a victory, let you have a good moment in faith, Oh, you've got another thing coming. He's going to come at you with everything he's got. He's going to tell you you're nothing. He's going to tell you you're just going to fall into that sin. But I've come to preach to you that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Get out of our minds. Get out of our spirits. Get off of our families. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke the devouring, lying spirits. Hear the voice of God speaking life where there was death and light, where there might be darkness because he shines the brightest in the dimmest of days. Can we lift our hands all across this place? Lord, speak right now. Speak, Lord, into this generation, into our homes, and into this church. For weeping did endure for a night, but joy is coming In the morning time, the joy of the Lord that would be my strength. God believes in who he has called you to become. It doesn't matter what this world may say or think of you. It doesn't even matter what those around you right now think or say of you. What does the Lord say you are? Once you believe he is your Savior. Pastor Jordan, I I make some people nervous when I say this, and I hope you trust me enough. If not, you just tackle me. More, More aptly, just have Dylan tackle me. I don't have any 
issues with the sinner's prayer. Confess that the Lord Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. I have faith enough to believe that he's my Savior. But then you've got to let him save you. The problem with most of Christendom is that we believe God is the Savior and we stop before he completes the saving. The problem in the apostolic church sometimes is that we believe God's a healer and we sing about it and we preach about it and we celebrate it, but sometimes we stop prior to the healing being completed. Do you believe that God would finish what he started in your life? I hope tonight you can find some faith inside of you to not just believe that God can, but God will and that God wants to finish what he started in your life. The same faith that believes that he's a savior, that he's a healer, that he's a way maker, then must continue to lead us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. By the same faith you believed he can save you, the Lord is now speaking to you, and that faith needs to shape your ears, your heart, your covenant relationship tonight because he has a promise prepared for you. Faith is the fuel that propels you toward this prepared promise that you may not see right now with your eyes, your natural eyes, but you can see by the grace of God and the help of his spirit. I pray, God, you let the Holy Ghost saturate our lenses tonight because we walk by faith and not by sight. I want to see what you have seen, Lord. I want to see the miracle finished that you have seen, Lord. And it may not look the way that I want it to look. It may not sound like the word I was looking to hear. But thus saith the Lord, it is true. Because you are truth and you are speaking and you are working all things together for my good. What happens if God speaks to you and it doesn't sound the tone that you were looking for? What happens if God finishes the work in this, in this church or in your family or in your career or in your body, but it looks a little bit differently than what you had asked for? Will we begin to doubt that word or will we begin to trust that his ways are not my ways. His ways are so far above my ways. I wouldn't know his ways. I couldn't comprehend his, his ways with my pea-picking brain. If he tried to explain to me his ways, the brain of this man and the ways of this man would be overcome. And he says he'd never put anything on us that, would, that we can't handle, that we couldn't bear. So his mercy does not allow me to see or even try to understand. But his faith allows me to trust that his way is perfect. Whatever that might be, you may be seated. Hebrews 11 and 1, now faith is the substance of things. What? The evidence of things for by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, verse 3, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are now seen were not made of things which do appear. We have the faith to believe that when God spoke, the creator revealed his creation. 
When he summoned light, there was just light. When his word was spoken, the stars burst into existence. And just because he said so, the planets were created and their orbits were set in motion. And then life came to be just because he said so. This is the God that's speaking to us today. This is the God we're in relationship with. If we can have the faith, church, to believe his word is creative, why is it that we struggle with his word being directed? We can preach about the stars and the sun and the moon, and we're like, "Woo! look at him go. And then when he directs our path at a crossroads in our own life, we say, whoa. How quickly we go from whoa to whoa. It's the same God. It's the same word. He's the same yesterday, today, forevermore. He has a perfect record, a thousand batting average. Why is there a difference? If we can have the faith to believe his word is creative, we've got to let his word be directive. Think about this just logically, just for a moment. In comparison, the alignment of the stars would seem simple to the alignment of my next step of faith. God healing a body would seem so very elementary compared to creating a body. I believe that if God made the body, he can, he can heal a body. God providing the need would seem simple in comparison to the provisions he has prepared in heavenly places. And that brings us to Luke chapter 5 and verse 1, our main text for today. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, the Greek reference to the Sea of Galilee, and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. They were done for the day. And he entered into, uh, into one of the ships, which was Simon, Simon Peter, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little further from land. And he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said to Simon Peter, launch out into the deep and let your nets for a drop. Verse 5, and Simon answered said, saying, Unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night, and we have taken, everybody say nothing. Nevertheless, hear me, I want to put this deep in your heart tonight. At thy word, I will let down the net. The NIV says, because you say so, I will let down the nets again. Not because it makes sense. Not because I care about anybody else on the seashore and the judgment that I haven't caught anything all day. But just because you said so, I will go out into the deep and I will cast out my nets on the other side of the boat. Not because it makes sense to me, but because who said it to me? Oh, this isn't my word, but it is God's word speaking tonight. Just because you said so, God, put me out into this world. Oh, just because you said so, I'm going to pray one more time. Just because you said so, I'm going to lean out upon my own understanding in this moment. Just because you said so. Just because you said so. 
made the lake and you created the fish and you allowed me the gifting and the skills to put together the boat. I believe, God, that you can bring the greatest catch, the greatest blessing that I have ever known if I would just hear your word and know who's speaking it. In verse 6, you know the story. And when they had, had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their nets began to break. And they beckoned unto their partners. The blessing that God's going to pour out upon this church is going to be so great, it's not going to be contained within this church. I believe that it, it was everything in my spirit tonight. There are churches all over this region that will be planted from this church. There are missionary works all over this world that will be planted from the harvest that comes into the nets of this church. And you say, but you don't understand the limitation. Oh, you don't understand the God I'm preaching about. He said so, that our latter day would be greater than our former day. And we are called to go. We are called to go. We are called to go. Why? Because he said so. Lift up your hands right now. Strengthen the bodies and the minds and the faith of these good people. In the name of Jesus, remove every hindrance. Remove the shroud from their vision and their eyes to let them see what you've seen. Oh, if I could just remember for a moment who's speaking to us. Lay your hands on somebody next to you right now and say, in the name of Jesus, let their voice be silenced and let his voice echo the chambers of their heart and their mind. Heal their faith. Do a work of your spirit because you said so. Because you said so. We believe because you said so. We will move forward because you said so. We believe the miracle will be finished because you promised it would. Pastor, there have been things prophesied in this church over your ministry. And out of this church, you have preached it, you have believed it. And I've come here tonight to tell you God will finish what he started. And every obstacle will be removed. And every bit of provision will be available to you. And you will see the fulfillment of the word of God. Because he said it. And this is his church. And this is his vision for his church. Somebody clap your hands and shout unto God. With a voice that is triumphant. Because you said so. But I am weary and well-doing. But because you said so, I will take another step. But my family's been under physical attack. But, but because you said so, I will trust that you will heal and mend and give strength. But the coffers are limited. But because you said so, you will fill up that cruise of oil and it will never, ever run dry. Because you said so, we will feed the multitudes from the minimal. And there will be plenty baskets left over because you said so. Amen. 
be seated. I can recall people making outlandish statements and sometimes the best response I would have for them as well, if you say so. Anybody ever responded to a loud mouth, a, a blaggart, a braggart? Somebody's a tad narcissistic. I said, well, if you say so. Because sometimes that's, that's all we can say because it's unbelievable. Our response and the confidence of our reply was solely based upon whether or not we believed that person was telling the truth or if they were smoking something. I can't tell you how many people you would run into in church league softball that had a tryout for the Braves. Until they take the field. And you're like, they must have played on a little league team called the Braves. Because there's just no way. They're awful. We played some basketball with some preachers that had tryouts for some NBA teams. And so they got out on the court and I said, if you say so. If you say so. That's why Peter's response was so relevant in this moment. Because the directive given by Jesus to cast the nets on the other side of the boat seemed ridiculous until he considered the source that was speaking it. Because you say so, Lord, this doesn't seem outlandish anymore. Because if I believe you created, I believe that you can direct me toward your creation. Simon Peter responded to the word of the Lord with obedience because he remembered what Jesus had just done the day before. Peter's mother-in-law, the Bible says, had a severe fever. And he witnessed as the Lord went over and called out the fever, rebuked it, said, get out of her body. And she felt so good, so instantaneously, that it says she cooked dinner that night. Now that's a great miracle. That's a two-part win. Family healed, dinner on the table. Hallelujah, praise his name. Can I get a witness? You know what the problem is? With us receiving words from God that we can't conceive is that we've got spiritual ADHD. We've got short-term memory loss of what the Lord has already done. And if we would consider the source that is trying to stretch your faith and extend your vision to see what he's already seen, to see that he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, to see that in a present moment that we would remember a previous miracle and understand the future miracle is already in the hand of the God who spans all time and place. What you've been praying for is already in his hand, and he is telling you, would you trust me and lean not upon your own understanding would you realize because have I ever failed you have I ever left you short have I ever showed up late can we recall for a moment church all the goodness of God that he has bestowed upon our lives can you remember the grace of God If 
if we could recall who it is that's speaking faith into your life, we would not hesitate to believe that he can do everything he said he would do. Consider the source of your hope. Consider the source of the evidence of things I cannot see. Consider the foundations of your faith that I am a sinner saved by the grace of God. That I am unworthy of even having the conversation and yet he loves me enough to not just heal me and forgive me but to promise me an eternity that I could not earn, that I could not pay for, that I could not find a way into. And yet he justifies me just because I believe in him. He's unfailing. He's unwavering. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 24 declares, He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. If he spoke direction for your life, he will open the door for the fulfillment of his calling. God isn't telling you the truth. He is the truth. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. He can't separate himself from what he's speaking into you. So when he speaks the word into your life, he comes with his word. All power that's in his hand comes with that revelation. The fulfillment of the prophecy comes with the fulfiller of the prophecy. Some of you have been praying prayers for a really long time, and you've almost, you've almost given up. Any hands in the place? You've been praying for a prayer you haven't yet seen fulfilled. Do you know the moment that God revealed that word to you? He showed up and he has been with you. Some of you are imagining your season right now, your scenario. And the enemy has tried to convince you that you're alone in that moment, in that struggle, in the weight or the sin. But could you just for a moment, just imagine that Jesus is standing right next to you. The author, the finisher of your faith is standing right there in the middle of your family room or in your workplace or in that doctor's office and that he'll never leave you nor forsake you and he will finish the work he started in you. You say, well, how do you know that? Because he said so. Because he said so. Because he says he's coming back for a bride that's it's perfect. And the bride of Christ is not complete without you in it. And the bride cannot be complete and perfect with an ailing arm or a busted knee or a broken ankle. And if you're a part of the body, how many believe you are? Then God has to finish the work in you to finish the work in us. And if God is going to finish the work in this world, he's got to finish you to finish the church, to have a healthy bride so that he can prepare to rapture and redeem that bride. But before he comes back, I believe he's got disciples to make and souls to save and a world to heal. Your miracle is not just about you. Quit being selfish with your petition. 
Your prayer request is not just about you. When God heals you, all glory is given to his name, not yours. When he heals your body, he tells the world he's a healer. When he saves your soul, he shows the world he's a savior. And when he makes a way where there seems to be no way, this world can find hope where there is no hope. He will finish the work he started because he said so. Because he said so. I believe it because he said so. deceiver that says God cannot do all that he said is the same voice contending that God will not do all that he said. Can we pause for a moment and just say, if God cannot, why is the enemy having to argue that God will not? He's a liar. He's a confuser. He's a manipulator. Will is not the question of capability, but probability. Let me ask you for just a moment, church, on a Sunday night. What is the probability that the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords would finish what he started? What is the probability that God can do everything he said he can do? Because the enemy will try to tell you that he, he, he cannot, and if that doesn't work, he will try to convince you that he will not. And in the church, we believe that he can, but sometimes we don't believe that he will. The will of God is contacted and connected to the probability of, of God's perfection. God can not fail. Brother Tenney, I remember hearing this story. He was about to be, he thought, elected to his home church. And he said, man, this is just a perfect fit. And he goes back and they have the election and he didn't get voted in. And he goes into a prayer closet, prays all night long, and he comes out with a big smile on his face. And Sister Tinney told, told this story a couple years ago. And she said, man, you seem like you're in a really good mood for having like literally the whole hope of your future just went down the toilet. He said, you know, Thetis, early this morning, God put me in the floor. He said, Tom Fred Tenney, I've never failed a man. How arrogant of you to think that I would start failing with you. How arrogant of us to think that God would tarnish his perfect name, his perfect will, his perfect plan, his 100% track record. Oh, who do we think we are that a perfect God, a saving God, a miracle-working God would start failing with you and I? He will never fail you. He will never forsake you. He sticks closer than a brother to you. He is with you right now, and he is trying to get into your spirit if you hear my word because I said so. That is all you need to know. Lift your hands all across this place. I want you to pray this prayer. God, I believe you cannot fail me. God, I believe you will finish the work you have started in me. 
God, I believe the healing in many ailed bodies in this place. You will finish the healing. Lord, I believe you will finish the saving. Help me with my next step of faith, Lord, as you complete the work in your body. As you complete the work. Come on, pray right now, church. The Lord is speaking. The Lord is speaking. The Lord is speaking. Do you trust the voice of who is speaking? This is about hearing the voice of the Lord who will break every law of nature who will overwhelm the minds of men, defy every preconceived notion to prove that he can and will do what he said he would do. He will do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I could ask or even think. He will finish the work he started in you. Everybody stand all across this place. Isaiah 58 and 14 says, The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Isaiah 59 and 1, the next verse says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. He is mighty to save. He is capable and willing to heal. He will complete you as you trust him. I hear the voice of the Lord casting out faith right now across this room. And somebody right now, would you find it in your spirit? To say, God, this doesn't make sense. This, this doesn't add up. I cannot see it. I cannot add it. I cannot, I cannot deal with this, Lord. And he's saying, I didn't ask you to deal with a solution. I ask you to hear the voice that is speaking. So because I, I said so. Because you said so, Lord, I will cast the net further. Because you said so, I will go out deeper. Because you said so, I will pray that prayer once again. Because you said so, I will trust you. And I will turn away from that addiction, that affliction. This altar is open right now because God is saying so. The leper rose up when Jesus said, rise up and walk. I wish somebody would rise up and take a step of faith because God is saying, move forward. The way maker is saying, walk in to the provision of the Lord for he is the author and he is the finisher of your faith. Do you want to understand it or do you want to receive it? Because he's not God. If he has to show you how, he's God. If he just has to show you who, lift up your hands and cry out with faith right now. You are speaking, Lord. Some of you parked the boat on the shore, and God's saying, Push out again, go out further. Stretch your faith. Trust Him. He is able. He is able.
three ladies to pray with this lady right now with her hands lifted in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name she had the faith to trust you she had the audacity of faith to believe one more time is there anybody else in this place that is weary and well doing that you have the faith to believe God can do what he said he would do. Would you lift up your hands right now? If there's somebody around you with their hands lifted, would you be a brother or a sister? I want you to pray in Jesus' name. Touch my sister. Speak life into my brother. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, church. If you've experienced the miracle, working power of the Lord, would you get out of your seat and come up around this altar? Come on, church, be the church. Find your faith. Find somebody to pray with because we've got to be whole. We've got to be alive in him. We've got to be full of faith because the world is needing a healed church. He's a healer. He's a savior.
Oh, why don't you sing this as a prayer anthem right now? I believe. Yes. You said it is done. Can you lift your voice, church, on this Sunday night? into God make a joyful noise if the Lord has spoken to your heart into your spirit would you affirm that the Lord spoke Lord I receive it and I believe it and I am walking by faith and not by my sight because I need you Lord to guide me in this season Lord I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. There's a hindrance here, and there's Holy Ghost here. Do you feel it right now? The enemy is trying to distract us. And if he can distract you, he doesn't have to defeat you. We will defeat ourselves. But right now, if you could find the faith before we leave this place to say in the name of Jesus, get thee behind me, Satan. I am tired of hear, hearing the voice of the deceiver. I hear the voice of my Savior. And the Holy Ghost is here. The Holy Ghost is here. If you don't feel the Holy Ghost, you should pray until you feel the move of the Spirit because the Holy Ghost is here. I will not be distracted. Remove the voice of the confuser. God is not the altar of confusion, but he's the finisher of your faith. Come on, every eye closed, every heart open as the Holy Ghost begins to flow through you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, some of you are right on the edge of the miraculous. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The Lord is speaking to you right now. I want you to open the ears of your heart. God is speaking to somebody right now to step out by faith. Some of you need to go across this place. And you need to ask forgiveness from a brother or sister. There is animosity that is dividing the body of Christ. And the enemy is confusing your spirit. And you're not going to be able to hear the hope of the Lord until you forgive and ask for forgiveness. I feel the Holy Ghost speaking right now. I feel a boldness coming up inside of me. Church, we've got to get home. Healthy things grow. And when we get healthy, this church will grow. 
but there are wounded spirits in this place. The wound is not worth it. Let it go. Your pride is not worth it. Let it be. Submit yourselves one to another. What is worth your soul? Oh, oh. I hurt for somebody right now. I feel heaviness. That is not the will of God for your future. You're carrying it into your marriage. It's destroying your career because the root of bitterness is pouring out of your pores. God, heal that man right now. Heal that wounded vessel. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Surrendered. You can't even hear the voice of the Lord because you hear the voice of the devourer. You hear the voice of hatred and confusion. I'm speaking to somebody right now. I feel it so strong in the Holy Ghost. And I'm pleading with you. I'm pleading with you for the sake of your soul and your family. Let God heal. Let God heal that wound right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. speaking but you can't hear him because you don't like what he's saying
Jesus. Jesus. I'm going to have your pastor come up here and pray in just a moment. head of household to lift your right hand right now for the head of your household whatever your family looks like whatever your family unit or shaped by for the head of your household I want you to lift your hand every head bowed every eye closed Lord I am asking that new and fresh anointing fall upon every husband father man, woman, leader of their homes in this place right now. Too many have depended on prayers of old. God, new and fresh anointing fall upon them. I pray, God, that you allow faith to walk into their front door with them. Give them the voice of the encourager. Give them the voice of hope. God, let them be the voice of affirmation. Give them the voice of the healer. In Jesus' name, heal the heads of our homes so that you can heal our homes. Remove the thorn of the flesh from these men and women. Wash it. By your stripes we are healed. Somebody feels a healing, a warmth coming over you right now. There's virtue flowing right now. Oh, God, I feel. the wound heal the wound heal the wound that they may not wound any longer Just lift your hands toward heaven and receive from the Lord right now. 